0: With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to TNTradio.live.
1: Be on the lookout and alert for anything
0: out of the ordinary. Natalie Cheel and Rick Munn. Thank you for your cooperation. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT.
2: Good morning, TNT happy Monday. It's the start of a fresh new week. How exciting. The 4th of December, 2023. But I'm afraid we can avoid it no longer. It is officially Christmas season now. Uh, Being that we are in actually December and I got in my car yesterday, turned it on and Christmas music blasting out. I quickly shifted it over. But, But for all of you Grinches, Uh, Like me out there, I thought a positive note. There is only 21 sleeps and it's all over, and we no longer have to be tortured with any Christmas music. So, a good note to start uh, a Monday morning on. I had a really nice, busy weekend with my kids, Uh, barely any social media, uh, not looking at any news. We've said it before, and I will say it again. I would highly recommend anyone doing it when they can. It is very good for the soul. It makes you feel so much better. I actually watched two really good. The classic movies as well I thought I'd mention and a shout out because they're both uh, well worth a watch uh, The Fundamentals of Caring with Paul Rudd and Human Traffic uh, which is uh, uh, the story of uh, while I'm being sober I'm living vicariously uh, through movies about drink and drugs uh, so yeah that was a, another classic to watch uh, uh, then this morning obviously back to work got to be back to the headlines seeing what's going on they are still I don't know how many stories you can get out of one uh, royal biographer, uh, Harry and Meghan. They are still printing stories. I don't know who's reading them. I don't even hear people talk about them in the pub. I think it's just some distraction to fill up the papers. But yet, we're not even going to bother with that. Uh, but I do have two stories that I uh, saw this morning that I thought that you would enjoy hearing about. This was in the New Scientist uh, uh, actually this morning. And Ultrasounds, they say, can push vaccines into the bodies without needles. So this is apparently they want to create a needle free society moving forward. And it's to help people who are scared of vaccines and who are anti vaccine. Well, I don't know about you, but I know quite a few people that didn't take the COVID vaccine. And uh, if you ask them, Was it because they were scared of needles or was it because they were scared of the actual substance that Big Pharma were putting into their body? So uh, I'll let you have a think about that one. And uh, breaking news as well at 8.45 this morning uh, was worth mentioning. uh, Culture uh, Secretary Lucy Fraser is concerned that the uh, planned rise in the BBC licence fee is very high amid fears it could be scrapped. For those of you that don't know, there is a 9% rise planned, going from £159 to £173.30. 400000 did not renew their licence fee last year. And with the planned rise, she said, I think there's going to be a lot more who are not going to pay that licence fee. Um, she said, is it in line with the cost of living crisis? Um, and it must remain value for money. So I'm going to leave it up to you to decide in the online chat, guys. What do you think, the BBC? You reckon £173.30 is good good value for money? Or do you think there's other stations out there like TNT doing a better job uh, giving you the up-to-date news and trying to bring you the truth? Uh, we need to take a quick break now and we will get Rick and Gemma's thoughts after the break. Don't go away.
0: Delivering the facts, source I can trust. Today's news talk radio, TNT.
2: Hi guys, what do we think? We're gonna be signing up that one hundred seventy-three pound thirty for the BBC license fee.
1: Uh, Before anybody answers that, let me just say this, okay? I have to call you out on this one. That, like, no one has done more to promote Christmas or the awareness of Christmas this year (laughs) than you okay despite being the grinch no one has talked about it more than you and you're ragging on us and yes it's only 21 days and it's all over hard to believe that isn't it uh but it's all good here in the tnt what do you reckon Gemma? is as is, is natalie actually uh uh what do you call it controlled opposition for santa claus what do you think <laughs>
3: Oh yeah, couldn't have put it better myself. I think you've got it. You nailed it, haven't you? The lady doth protest too much, me methinks. Yes. Yeah. Secretly, yes. if we went to her house in Reading now, I bet it be oh, yeah. a winter yeah. wonderland. It'll be gingerbread <laughs> men everywhere. I reckon that's what it is. She's embarrassed. And tomato sauce.
1: Gingerbread <laughs> yeah. men and tomato sauce everywhere. That's what I think. Yeah. Is this true, Natalie? Are you gonna debunk well, this one or not? Are you gonna come no, out well, as controlled up? Santa's evil uh, little uh, elf.
2: I had a lovely friend uh, that offered uh, to cook us a roast dinner, me and my uh, boys yesterday. So I went round and she was quite disgusted that um, she asked me to bring a pudding. And the other thing I bought was a tub of Tynes tomato ketchup because me and my son eat it (laughs) with a roast dinner. So I thought you'd like that story as well. That's how Christmas-y I am. That's what I bring round, tomato ketchup always
1: what about that license fee gemma uh, you and i have talked about this during the old locked and loaded editorials as well it's being jacked up to 170 odd quid a year paying for a service uh, i don't think we're against that at all we'll pay for netflix Netflix, if we have it, probably Spotify as well. So if you're getting something in return, it's not a bad thing to shell out for. And it's not that expensive, but the Beeb aren't exactly uh, redeeming themselves in many people's eyes with their scandals and their lack of, uh, basically their propaganda arm for the British government at this point in time. So 173, how can they justify that hike?
3: Well I mean I'm, as a former BBC employee myself and I don't want to get get into kind of like sour grapes or anything mm. like that I'm just going to like look at the facts of this one um it's whether you're providing a service for everybody in the UK and uh, there was a survey out last week that have shown that working class people and people from lower socioeconomic backgrounds are just simply turning away from the BBC in their droves, not as a political protest, but just because there's nothing on there that they feel they want to watch. It's proven that they they would rather shell out for Netflix, for Sky, for Sky Sports, um, because it's just they're saying there's no programs on there that appeal to the working class. The only time the working class are depicted in any way is in sitcoms, where they're generally portrayed as kind of like feckless, uh, smoking, drinking, you know, a typical stereotypical Uh, image of working class British people, which shows that most of the BBC are completely out of touch uh, with a lot of its audience, which is one reason people don't want to pay. A lot of people, of course, don't want to pay as a direct result of the last three and a half years. And as you quite rightly say, propaganda uh, that has come out of the BBC and encouraging us to have things put in our bodies that we absolutely do not want. Um, It's interesting. I mean, I will say during my time at the corporation, which was over 20 years, there's a lot like a lot of civil service departments, there's a lot of wastage. Um, and there's a lot of people who sit around for a lot of time and they don't always do a lot for the money. And I think that's that's typical of a lot of public sector organizations. But I do think the BBC's lost touch with a great swathe of the audience. And if you're not delivering a product, why should people want to pay for it? Mm. Yeah, and I was going to agree. I hadn't thought of that before. It's very kind of
2: white middle class England. A lot of their programs, isn't it? I know they they try to say like BBC Free and stuff is down with the hood or something, but you know, like their programs, it's hardly like you know if in Netflix or Amazon Prime or something like that, you think, oh, I want to watch that. There's something up and coming, but. When was the last time people were like, oh, this thing's coming on to the BBC, you want to watch it? There isn't, is there?
3: So, you know, they're they're, they're pushing towards their own downfall, aren't they, Gemma? Yeah, and I mean, you only have to say the two, well, there's four words now, actually, I think, that have tainted the BBC. Uh, Two of them are Jimmy Savile and the other two are Hugh Edwards. You know, uh, Hugh Edwards, who sat on the nightly news telling everybody to obey lockdown rules and he wasn't obeying them himself, you know, and the scandal that's developed around that. And he was extremely highly paid with public money. So I think, you know, there's only so much the BBC can kind of do with damage limitation before people just go, really, another scandal which we're paying for? Enough's enough now. So, yeah, I mean, this isn't what even the story I wanted to bring to the table, but it is worth talking about in the UK because, as I'm fond of saying, it is our money. It is our money. And, you know, there's still these horror stories of people um, being sent to prison for non-payment of license fee, you know, non criminal offence just because you don't want to watch TV. It, it does. It doesn't really add up now. Mm. Yeah.
2: We're, me and Rick have said before, if anything ever comes out on Gary Lineker, that's it. That's the BBC done. He's there. He's a kind of a representative, okay. isn't he? Almost. Yep. Yeah. So so we're just waiting for the
3: stories to
2: come out. Uh, but what story have you got for us this morning, Gemma?
3: Well, I actually picked it just for you, Natalie, because I thought we're at the start of the working week and, uh, you know, it's all ahead of us. And I thought, oh, this one will really make Natalie's day. But it ha- does have a serious side to it as well. It is a new story that is trending as we speak here in the UK, and I'm not surprised, um, it's one of the uh, UK's oldest Christmas markets. Christmas markets are massively popular now, not just here, but obviously around the world. And this is the UK's oldest in one of its most historic cities, uh, held in Lincoln in the grounds of the cathedral, extremely beautiful and extremely popular, attracting over 300,000 visitors to the city every year, generating 15 million for the local economy last year, which at the cost of living and local businesses struggling, everybody would applaud that. But no, no, no. (laughs) The council, in its wisdom, have said it's too popular and they've cancelled it. They've cancelled the Christmas market, Natalie. There you go. Lincoln can be your new favourite place in the UK. But obviously, there's a massive backlash from local businesses, all of whom are struggling to make ends meet uh, with the current cost of living and people not spending. And they're like, this is just a monstrous decision for our local economy. What are our elected representatives thinking? And the irony of ironies with this one is the leader of the council that took the decision to cancel the Christmas market, jetted off to Germany at the weekend to visit their twin town um, and went to a Christmas market in Germany. So, yeah, this has caused a huge row and it's caused a lot of interest here as well. And I really hope that other UK cities do not follow suit because uh, Christmas markets are really good for the local economy. Mm. Would you like me to give my opinion on the old Christmas markets? <laughs> <Go on, laughs> no, then. I was no, on, just then.
2: quickly. I was going to say, obviously, I hate them. I've never been to them, and and I actually shared a really good video on uh, t- on Twitter with somebody really slating them like a comedy uh, video, going, "And why would you want to pay ten pounds for a hot chocolate and this rubbish and all of that?" But it's freedom of choice i might not like them but do i think they should be cancelled no do i think everyone should have the opportunity to go and do something that they enjoy absolutely is it wrong that it's been cancelled absolutely it's just the same old same old taking away people's joy uh, and and things they look forward to so you know as much as i am a grinch i don't you know i don't wish um uh the the kind of misery on other people as well i will allow you to go and have some joy and enjoy your christmas rick if you so wish
1: There's been another addition onto this report from the Daily Mail. It says apparently some uh, anonymous individual they reckon living somewhere in the Reading vicinity has been bombarding (laughs) uh, the Council of Lincoln uh, with uh, requests that this be scrapped immediately. So they're following suit. And it's worthwhile noting as well that the guy who actually is the mayor of uh, this council who's jetted off to Germany is called Biff Bing, i kid you not his <laughs> name is actually biff Bing. so i don't know bish bash bosh biff beans off he's off to germany to, to have a in his christmas market <laughs> while inflicting misery on his own town so yeah there you go he's a lot to answer for deserve biff i mean oh, it's worth dear. noting
3: isn't it that um they have said ostensibly it's health and safety you know too many people we can't possibly cope but it's like you know, i think grown adults do have The capacity especially at christmas to extend kind of goodwill to each other and they know how to behave in a crowd you know it's the creeping insidiousness of like nothing can be safe enough you know a christmas market is unsafe because people are enjoying themselves that's the reason that they're giving for cancelling this and it just you know you're quite right biff baff bosh whatever his name is off you know it's Mm. just it's just a ridiculous story but indicative of the way As you say, Natalie, the joy, the joy has been taken out of Christmas, much much to your delight, I'm sure, but not to other people. It's just like, can you just leave us alone? Leave us alone. No, but also let's forget Christmas for a second. Markets
2: have been around for as long as I can remember, not just Christmas market. You know, we used to have a, um, a big, huge market up near but Blackbush market that you could go. It was bigger than any Christmas market I've ever seen. Um, what, are they gonna start saying that about any crowds? We have now not just markets, any events, Gemma, is it going to be like, oh, no health and safety. We've got to ticket this and we've got to have police uh, walking around or security guards to ensure there's a social distance. Yeah, what, What is it? A Christmas market cancelled because of health and safety reasons. It's hardly like a football match where there's like where where at least you can understand where there are guards and you don't want people pushing forward. Are people like that excited about going to buy their Christmas tree decorations that they're gonna they're gonna crush people on route? Is that what's gonna Mm. happen, Rick?
1: In Belfast, uh, two Christmases ago, maybe three Christmases ago, when the whole scandemic was on and had the vaccine passports in Belfast, uh, the Christmas market in Belfast <clears throat> excuse me, was allowed to go ahead, but you were only allowed entry into the city hall grounds if you had an injection and you could show evidence of injection. And then they had a one-way system operating, but it, there was thousands of people queuing to get in side by side, then they made them all file around. But we protested at the same time at the gates of the city hall, so there must have been. Been three four thousand people at least standing unjabbed of course unmasked right beside the people that were queuing to get in and there was only a railing separating us from the actual market itself there was no big security fence around again just like a little uh three feet, four foot high railing there so it made no sense whatsoever so you know that's what was happening in christmas markets in belfast uh but maybe it was three years ago now two years ago now but anyway they had thousands of people outside protesting, no masks, no jabs. And then you had thousands of people at the other side of a little four-foot-high iron railing, uh, all masked up and jabbed up, waiting to get in to spend 10 quid, as you rightly say, on a hot chocolate or some tap uh, that had been imported in from uh, Taiwan, probably. And they told it was made in some Austrian villa somewhere in the Alps. Uh, uh, Yeah, not for me. I I don't believe in uh, chucking my money in that way.
2: I'm just going to put a conspiracy theory in here. I also wonder if it's not actually anything to do with health and safety. And it's so they can charge because we've got something called in Reading called the Winter Wonderland. And in order Mm. to make sure they've got the right numbers, they have to charge you a fee on the door for the right number of people. And it's extortionate. It's £25 a person for two hours. And uh, I went so, yeah, so uh, and that's for children as well. So for me to take my free me and my two kids at £75 for two hours for a couple of rides and a hot chocolate probably so no i'm not paying it and no i'm not going to comply and we're not going to comply with what's going on so uh yeah that's that's what we're going to say about christmas and and christmas markets and and even if i am a grinch if you enjoy christmas go do it and uh go go enjoy yourself despite what people are telling you go a rebel. Right. Thank you, Gemma, for bringing that Christmas story to us. Um, Most appreciated. And we will see you tomorrow. Don't go away for more stories at TNT Radio.
4: Voye Morich on TNT Radio. From June 2012 for BBC, Tony Blair, ID cards needed to tackle illegal migrants. Uh, of course, that was 2012. Those ID cards today are dig- is, is digital ID. And uh, Majid Nawaz, among others, he, he says, globalist surrogates pretending to be right- populist right-wing influencers against Muslims and immigration are leading you into a trap. It was these very same globalists who opened our borders as part of their plan after invading multiple countries in your name and of course it's the same false flag formula they're creating the problem intentionally because they have a solution that they want for us so you know they got the solution which is you know dystopia uh, and then they figure out okay what problems can we create to, to get where we want to go so we want this algorithm ghetto how do we get it in illegal migrants Get rid of law and order, and the solution is going to be the algorithm ghetto, and we're already seeing signs of that.
0: Hervoy Morich on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. The Lights is Britain's far-right conspiracy theory paper spreading hate and vicious lies. (laughs) No, that's what the BBC say. The Light is the only national newspaper bringing you the real news and informed opinion on what's really going on today. You can subscribe, order copies, submit articles, and read back issues on our website, thelightpaper.co.uk, and see for yourself why the establishment are so worried about the uncensored truth getting out to people every month. The Light Paper. Not for right, just right so far. thelightpaper.co.uk a hoax about carbon dioxide in the climate has caused a global energy and economic disaster. Today's News Talk, TNT Radio.
2: They can't. Uh, they're making me laugh in the break. They're talking about uh, shaving my head and doing a Britney. And uh, um, I've got no uh, plans to shave my head, so my hair is staying in place. Uh, but we are uh, moving from one uh, ridiculous story to another. Oh, this did make me laugh when Rick sent it over uh, to me. Uh, where These two names, you know it's going to be ridiculous when Leo Varadka and Helen uh, McEntee are involved anyway. Uh, but uh, he's gone over to COP28, uh, that load of climate rubbish. Uh, uh, basically, uh, <laughs> they're, they're, I'll, I'll let Rick put it over, mm. but uh, whilst uh, uh, they uh, they're over there, one of the uh somebody's got a fly back uh in order to make a vote whilst they're trying to say that uh you shouldn't be traveling and you should be keeping uh, uh your carbon uh print down uh but i say it's hilarious I'll, I'll put it over to rick
1: yeah so basically this is something that's happening in and around this uh liability uh, of a justice minister in ireland also known as helen McEntee. so uh there's been a call for a vote of no confidence in her this week. Uh, as a result of that, some people that are out of the country are being brought back to Ireland simply to cast their vote before returning back to COP28. So uh, Taoiseach, uh, who is Leo Varadkar, criticizes divisive McEntee, no confidence vote, and believes that it can only fail. Uh Leo Varadkar speaking this morning to reporters, this was on uh, Sunday, by the way, uh, speaking to reporters at COP28 in Dubai said he believed Irish citizens wants to see Politicians united against the rioters, but there's been a call of no confidence in Helen McAtee. And by the way, it's not just because of what happened in Dublin nearly two weeks ago now. Her uh, record as Justice Minister has been appalling. The levels of violence in Dublin city centre are horrific. During the summertime, uh, I think the American Embassy was warning American tourists don't go out in Dublin at night and keep your valuables uh, away from people's eyes. Such was the level of crime, especially against uh, tourists in Dublin. Uh, but there's a chap over there at the moment, uh, Eamon Ryan, who is the leader, funnily enough, of the Green Party and the Minister for Transport. So he will have to travel back home again from Dubai just for the vote. And then he will fly back out to the event again. And it says he does, unfortunately, and that's not ideal, but there's no purse for confidence motions other than for illness. So Minister Ryan will have to go home and come back again. And of course, he will offset his emissions. Yeah, right. More or less, you probably put in a, uh, an expenses claim for that and the, the Irish taxpayer will end up funding it. Uh, so it's a, it's a bit of a farce, not like, and it's a little bit like, you know, we have this technology, you're in Reading right now. Uh, I'm in in, uh, Ireland. Uh, We're we're operating out of the Gold Coast in Australia. There's technology right now. It's called Zoom or it's called Skype or it's called anything else that'll allow people to communicate without actually traveling. Why, oh, why? Why? Could the Green Party member not just simply link up with a Zoom call and said, I'm not flying all the way back from the Middle East to cast a vote, fly back out to the Middle East. And don't forget, then come home again. So we will effectively have made four longish haul flights simply to attend that nonsense conference and to cast a vote of no confidence or not no, no confidence in the Justice Minister. It's insane.
2: It is beyond insulting to our intelligence. You know, like we're expected... To to not fly. They're putting this message out to us, you know, don't don't go on a plane, don't have a holiday, you know, don't use your car as much, go buy an electric car. And 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 all of these things are open to them. Like you said, they can't use a Zoom call. They can't verify him. Um and and take his vote over a, a call. Um I I'm I think it's absolutely absurd. And it's almost like they're mocking us. Yeah, I mean it's half funny the story, but it's also absolutely ridiculous. When it's like it's 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 again like the the, the masters and the peasants. Us peasants, we're not even allowed to go for a joyous holiday, but they can go for four flights just to take a vote. Um, they're they're taking the piss out of us, aren't they, Rick?
1: Yeah. And it's not just, I mean, Bill Gates was uh, interviewed. Of course, the interviewer was a setup guy. He was only going to ask questions that Gates wanted him to ask. But the same question was put. He said, look, a lot of people would criticize you saying you're banging on all the time about climate change, yet you have a private jet or several private jets that you use to fly around the world uh, and and, uh, pollute the atmosphere and one thing and another. And to, to which Gates replied, yeah, but what I'm giving back to the world more than offsets, any carbon that I'm generating. And then, of course, he says, and of course, I'm pumping billions into this. uh, So it's justifiable for me to do it, but of course, not to the lowly reporter uh, that was doing the interview or to the lowly listener that happened to be listening in at the same time. So this rules for thee and not for me business is very much in effect. And it couldn't be any more in your face than this story uh, about this Irish green politician who ironically uh, is being anything less than green.
2: Yeah. And unless and, and uh, we've not really spoken about the conference, because I mean, not being funny, I remember COP26, 27, yep. we're now on 28. They seem to be coming mm-hmm. thick and fast. Sorry. But if it's a climate change conference, Rick, shouldn't it be done over Zoom? If you're leading by example. Right. Why do you need to all be in one room? Why can't they do what we're doing now um, and talk to each other? You're you're in Northern Ireland. I'm in Reading here in the UK. We're not having to meet up every morning to do our no. radio show, right? So if they really meant what they're trying to push, why aren't they doing their conference over Zoom?
1: Exactly, it makes uh, and it, the same can be implied when you think about it a lot of remote working that was done during this pandemic, uh, it showed you that you don't need to travel to London for example for a meeting if you can do it over Zoom and now that the, the restrictions have lifted and places are trying to get back to normal, they're trying to justify bringing everybody into offices again simply for pointless meetings when it was proved that for a period of at least two years that it was a waste of time it was a waste of money and it was stressful yes. for people to travel to things that could just as easily be done like this uh over uh over the internet so some people like it some people don't like it but the point is that it can be done and the like of this case an example is completely unjustifiable he could have simply hopped on done a zoom call and been back off again in what five minutes instead of lugging backwards and forwards uh, from Dubai to uh Dublin
2: and Anna it's this the of- idea of offsetting as well now I don't know if it's kind of social credit conditioning or predictive programming this idea of offsetting but why should bill gates be able to offset because he's rich and me not be able to offset because I'm poor. So I don't have, you know, uh, they're telling me I have to have an electric car, I have to do this, I have to do this, and I haven't got the ability to, uh, because I'm not rich enough, to be able to tell them I'm offsetting, or is the idea eventually of the social credit system and then pushing that idea already on us, that 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 Mm. is the way you will be offsetting. You will be rewarded for doing good, punished for doing bad. Maybe that's, you know... Bill Gates already kind of putting it, it out there. Well, I get away with it because I do good stuff. So if you add it up over the time, you do wonder if they're they're kind of setting us up for that, the idea that we will have to offset eventually. But uh, let us know your thoughts in the online chat. Uh, we've got to uh, stop this one now uh, for a break for the headlines. Uh, and when we come back, uh, we've got uh, a story about rugby to cover here at TNT Radio.
0: Today's News Talk Radio.
2: I like hearing the news. a lot of news. TNT Radio News. Top of the hour, every hour.
0: TNT. Matt Boyland here with a look at your TNT headlines. After months of denial, Ukraine's president has admitted for the first time that his country's six-month-long counter-offensive was a flop and he's blaming the West. The mother of a black teenager who brutally beat his female teacher unconscious at a high school in the US, is now pleading for the victim to show mercy on her son because he's had a hard life. And Washington says it had no advanced knowledge of Hamas' October 7 attack on Israel. We're the pinup boys and poster girls for free speech. We just don't look as impressive as Vladimir Putin shirtless on a horse. Yeah. 24-7, 24-7, 365, we never stop sifting fact from fiction, misinformation from the truth. From government overreach, to the latest on mandates, big tech censorship, to propaganda gone mad. Listen to TNT Radio and get the news and views direct from our expert presenters and commentators anywhere you go. You ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's News Talk, this is TNT Radio.
2: Yeah, welcome back. Give us a call if you feel brave enough or put your uh, thoughts into our online chat. And remember, you can see our lovely, beautiful faces if you go to TNTradio.live um, and uh, we are live streaming on YouTube and other places as well. Uh, yeah, this story is an interesting one. I saw this come up um, uh, over the over the weekend and it's about uh, a bunch of 200 retired rugby players and they are uh, doing a big legal court case. Um over brain injuries Um, and they're suing three of the sports governing bodies over neurological injuries it has emerged. Um, uh, Basically, the claimants allege the three governing bodies failed to put in place reasonable measures to protect their health and safety of the players. Their lawyer, Susan Robway, said in court filings, the defendants ought to have known the likelihood of long-term neurological complications due to cumulative concussion or sub-concussive blows to the head. Now, there are some examples here. Steve Thompson revealed in December 2020 he'd been diagnosed with early-onset dementia, former Wales forward Alex Popham revealed his world had been turned upside down due to brain injury damage. um, And there's lots, lots, lots more of us. Now, the reason I brought this story to the table, it's about to me, uh, whether it's personal responsibility or whether, you know, do we want the governing bodies to tell us what we can and cannot do because what, I don't know what these 200 rugby players are planning to achieve. I mean, maybe for a large amount of money, maybe that's what they want, but, but really, are you really telling me my son plays rugby? uh, I take him every Sunday that they didn't realize that there was a chance of head injuries and concussions at the time. Uh, It's the same with boxing. You know, you take your money, you take your, you, you take your money, you take your chance. You know, as far as I'm concerned, if you want to go into that type of sport, you know, my son is doing rugby. And as a parent, I know that there is that chance. We've had that, you know, that conversation. If you've had one concussion, you have to, after that, make a really big decision. Because after you have one concussion, it's much, much, much more serious. You're well aware of that with rugby. So I'm, I'm quite confused by this, the, the fact that these retired players are coming forward and saying they never realised rugby was dangerous, Rick. It's a strange court case, isn't it?
1: Okay, uh, this is an odd one. Uh, everything you said, 100%, uh, you know, it, look at what rugby players do. Uh, it's like American football without the pads and without the head helmets and without the shoulder pads. It's a really, really rough sport. So no one can look at a game of rugby, Natalie, and say, well, I didn't think it was gonna be dangerous. When you see you know, 18, 19 stone men running at you full tilt with the sole aim of driving you into the ground with as much brute force as possible, you know, what do you expect? Of course, there's the possibility that you'll get injured. Now, I think the problem is this. When you see a rugby match going, you know, you think, oh, I could get my leg broken or I could get knocked out or, uh, you know, I could get my teeth knocked out, my nose broken, a black eye and whatnot. I used to play rugby at school, so I was fully aware of those risks as well. I think what the problem is here is that no one was fully aware that, you know, a lot of knocks to the head over a long period of time can cause this cumulative damage. And whilst it seems obvious, especially with boxing as well, you know, you're constantly getting hit in the head. You know, some boxing matches 10, 11, 12 rounds. You think the amount of times uh, you get hit in the head with that, with a professional boxer throwing at full force, you may not get knocked out you may go the distance in the fight but the fact of the matter is you're still taking a little bit of brain damage every time he punches you or she punches you in the head so yes people go into that knowing risks but i think back in the day there was never anybody set us down for example at school and said look it's obvious here uh, that you get your leg broke or your teeth knocked out but be aware just be aware that this could cause long-term damage by getting constantly your brain constantly jarred through hard tackling etc and at the end of that If you still want to go out and play the rugby then crack on with it as long as you're fully aware of what the risks are but I think this is like a sleeper thing Uh, this is something that accumulates over time so you may never have had a leg break you may never have had your teeth knocked out you maybe even never have been knocked out completely on a rugby pitch but if you've been playing for a long long time and getting jarred all the time maybe just maybe down the line you could be setting yourself up for some brain injuries or Alzheimer's or whatever it happens to be so I don't know exactly as you say what the motive behind this is it could just simply be raising awareness of this awareness of this because uh my uh, nephew uh plays rugby at a very very high level i'm a little niece she started into it as well so they know what the story is but i'm just thinking have they been told look you may develop long-term neurological effects if you you know if you're playing from such young age i don't know if that's told that the younger generation of players or not, but maybe it should be. I maybe.
2: mean, what do you think? May, I mean, maybe there is that possibility. I mean, we know that in boxing, there is no way you'd be able to bring this uh, legal uh, fight through boxing uh, because mm. everybody knows that. But I'm, I'm wondering, like you said, if some of these players are saying, you know, we knew it was dangerous, but we were never yeah. told that. Uh, oh, the cumulative uh, damage uh, that that concussions and hits to mm. the head can do. My problem is, you know, where do we go from here? If they win, um, I mean, it it does say uh, here that um, it's going to take another year till it fully goes to court, that they're they're going through a litigation process. So this isn't going to be a a quick answer here. Uh, But what do you do if they win? Do you ban rugby is that what we do? Do we do we start making it a non-contact sport? Do we have to then sign waivers? So so if you then sign a waiver and someone some does somebody does something awful to you that that then you're not going to be uh, responsible. It it's It's it's. I guess if it ever goes to court, they've got to really decide. Did those players really not know that that? long-term concussions over amount of time could cause neurological damage because I just can't imagine that they don't um I've got a good friend who was playing rugby um at a a reasonable level Uh, he had an exceptionally bad concussion um he had a second one and they literally said to him we advise you at this point please do not go back and play rugby. If you do yeah. so, it is against medical advice and you do it um, at your own personal responsibility. A third con- serious concussion could mean serious brain damage. He has continued to play, by the way, and has chosen to do that. So, you know, and he, he takes uh, responsibility for that. But I, I just not sure I believe these players didn't know at that level, Rick. I can understand maybe boys at school, girls at school playing it and not realising but you're really telling me at that level um and with with the medical uh doctors behind them and all the money that they didn't realize that there could be some neurological damage i'm 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 not buying it i'm afraid and i'm i'm wondering if some of them are are pushing for a lot of money maybe and there's finances here maybe And now they're out of the game i don't know
1: don't forget as well you know the, the sadly this does happen and people do get injured but you got to remember as well that there's thousands and thousands, if not tens of thousands of people playing rugby at a recreation level, maybe a little bit like your son. He may go on to high level rugby. He may just yep. uh, use it as a, as, as a way to keep fit, get out of the house and be active at the yep. weekends, maybe never take any major damage. So there's thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of people not getting injured in this way. But, uh, you know, it, I suppose it's like informed consent. was I told or was I not? Even if it's just, even in schools, for example, there should be a cursory thing at the start of the term to say, look, if you sign up to play rugby for schools level, you should be fine. Uh, We're going to make sure, you know, you wear headgear, whatever, if you want to wear headgear, excuse me, but there is a possibility that this could cause long-term damage, much the same as you have sat down and had the conversation with your son, said, look, there is a chance that this could happen, but are you prepared to balance that out with having fun and the chances that it might not happen? The answer to that's yes, so you make that decision and you go ahead with it. So maybe it's an informed consent thing, especially with the younger kids, but for older men, you know, they're under no illusion about what they're getting themselves in for. And the concussion thing is very important as well. Uh, If you have had a serious head injury or like a boxer that gets brutally knocked out, usually when you suffer one major KO as a boxer, that can signal the end of your career. Your reflexes get slower. You become more susceptible to knockouts and concussions. So you should consider thinking about maybe hanging up the gloves, but then again, uh, it's easy to say that if that's not your life some people eat sleep breathe sport and the thought of giving it up they would rather die than actually give up what they love best so personal choice uh, is key here
2: yeah i think i think if anything that comes out of it i hope That it's more that, uh, like you said, that, you know, like an informed consent, maybe there'll be more Mm -hmm. knowledge put out about it. I still think at that level, they absolutely knew um, uh, the risks. Uh, But I remember watching a fight with um, uh, Chris uh, Eubank um, Jr and Nick Blackwell and uh, Nick Blackwell was knocked out terribly. Um, It was absolutely horrific to watch uh, got taken off. He's now got severe. uh, Well, he's not got severe brain damage, but he can never have another fight because the concussion was so bad that if he were to be knocked out again, and then he said, it's broken his heart, not being able to go back to boxing, but that is what happens. And he's also said, if I could go back, I would do it again. I love that sport. It was my life. So, you know, that's the other thing you would, if, these people push too hard you'll be taking away these sports in the end if you want to really go to pc and health and safety be very careful what you wish for because these sports could be removed entirely
1: i i saw you talked about uh eubank Junior. I saw a great documentary over the weekend uh, about the Nigel Benn fight with a guy called Jared McClellan, and sadly, McClellan was uh, really badly brain damaged after, uh, during the fight, and then he was, uh, he's blind, now he can't really live an independent existence, he's mostly deaf, he's compl- his life and his career was completely ruined after that fight, but during the fight, uh, he actually uh, knocked Ben clean out of the ring in the first round, it looked like he was uh, cruising to uh, an easy victory over Nigel Ben. and if you don't follow it, he's boxing you know Nigel Ben was an absolute savage and incredible boxer but he came back and he ended up uh he ended up inflicting a lot of damage on McLeod and McLeod didn't want to quit and he just kept going and going and sadly he's in the condition he's in so it can happen but it doesn't happen that frequently so uh, you know but there's always that chance and again if you're aware of it and you're prepared for it and you know you're prepared to accept the consequences well then you should be free to do what you like whether other people disagree with it or disagree with it
2: And if you don't know much about boxing, go back and watch the Nigel uh, Benn-Chris Eubank Senior fight. That was definitely a a one to remember. Uh, We're going to take a quick break. Uh, We've got more stories to cover here at TNT Radio when we get back.
0: With his expert analysis and opinion.
5: This is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. These are parlous times for liberty in the United States and for the Constitution and the rule of law. House Republicans have joined with their Democrat colleagues to oust Republican Representative George Santos, only the sixth member to ever be removed from the lower legislative chamber. Three were removed in 1861 after they joined the Confederacy, and the other two following their convictions of the crimes of which they were accused. Santos has been accused of fraud crimes but not convicted. This is a premature, preemptive strike by Republicans on one of their own, and it sets a dangerous precedent. Now, I hold no grief for George Santos. He seems, quite frankly, like a wignut. But it's up to the constituents of his district to remove him from office, absent a criminal conviction. This is just one more episode in the long history of Republicans bowing to Democrat will. It seems as though when Democrats win elections, they get their own way. And when Republicans win elections, Democrats still get their own way. This is why we're so upset with the Republican Party. Grow a pair, stand up, and say no to the other side. From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for TNT Radio.
6: When the world's endangered animals need help most, when their lives are at greatest risk, when they would otherwise be lost, the International Fund for Animal Welfare is there. Taking action to rescue the animals we love to protect them and their threatened natural habitats. But the danger to animals the world over is growing. And the need for your help has never been more urgent. On land, you'll help stop poachers from threatening and killing elephants and big cats for the illegal wildlife trade. In the oceans, you'll help rescue dolphins, whales and seals from deadly hazards. And you'll help rescue, rehabilitate, and release vulnerable animals when disasters strike. Here at home and around the world, we can't do this work without you. See how you can help animals and people thrive together at joinifall.org. The conversation continues with Rick Munn and Natalie Cheel
0: on today's News Talk, TNT Radio.
2: Yeah, welcome back. Uh, This is a story uh, from Belfast. Oh, we've seen it. Uh, before we had one in Redin, uh, but now Belfast has its first permanent pride crossing. Uh, it's been unveiled at the Kennedy Centre in the west of the city. Uh, uh, the permanent fixture is to show support for the LGBTQ plus blah, 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 community. Um, it's been unveiled uh, but rather than just talk about that, we wanted to talk about the legalities really because they are they're, they're, they're putting these pride crossings up. Uh, we saw them in London, we saw that horses can't cross them there was uh horses have got a real problem with it um uh which which um in london was a problem um and people in the comment section so this put got put on x and people have made some really good um comments but there was also a story in the times from 2001 that says rainbow zebra crossings are dangerous for disabled people and children so in effect By putting up this crossing, it's discriminating against others when it's supposed to be about equality, Rick, um, and not discriminating. But actually, poor blind people can't use these crossings. So what should they be putting up legally, morally and ethically?
1: Absolutely not, and, and sadly this is the first one of these uh, abominations to be painted across uh, the roads in Northern Ireland here and when I say abominations, it's a nice word to begin with, and number two it doesn't serve any purpose whatsoever except the virtue signal, I have no problem with supporting LGBTQ plus rights if that's what you want to do, or as a business if you want to stand by those people and support them, then that's your business to do that, it's your prerogative and it's your priority to do that, but you don't need to blow it trumpet about it. Here's an old-fashioned concept. How about we treat everybody with love and respect and dignity, irrespective of their age, their gender, or their sexual orientation. We don't have to come out painting flags everywhere. Uh, The flags that constantly get altered, by the way, because it's not just the LGBT uh, flag. Now, of course, they've added the white, the pink, the brown, and the the, the purple chevrons on there now. And the legalities of this as well, now, as you've said, let me just uh, read out a few comments, if I can here, that was put underneath this post that was reported on in the Belfast Telegraph. Number one, Maxi says, discrimination against blind people, as guide dogs find these extremely hard to process. Uh, another chap, Peter, said it will be interesting to see if this has an effect on road safety. I'm not sure I would trust drivers to give me priority on it as a pedestrian. Also, there seems to be an issue with the visually impaired and guide dogs, which is what you've also pointed out. Uh, Maxi says, was an impact assessment done on how this will affect sight-impaired people? Uh, Neil Gibson said no shopping centre or business with one of these uh, gets my custom It's as simple as that. And uh, other people are asking what happens if someone gets knocked down in this? And very importantly, uh, G Gallagher said this goes against the Zebra, Pelican and Puffin pedestrian crossings regulations and general directions for 1997. So there is no legal right for a car to stop for anyone that's on that crossing. Technically speaking, they can keep driving even if somebody's on it. It is not a legally recognized pedestrian crossing. So when you, think, when you take all that into consideration, you ask yourself a question, are these people insane for adding this in here in a busy shopping centre in West Belfast? What the hell are they trying to accomplish other than scoring a few cheap virtue signaling points?
2: Yeah, <clears throat> absolutely. Um, yeah, so essentially, like we said, it's not it's not in the highway code. Um, if you're talking about a zebra or a pelican, uh, a pelican or puffin crossing, they mm-hmm. have to be black and white. So if you were to run over someone, and actually take it to court it in terms of legalities you don't have a legal reason to stop a crossing that's multicoloured so they haven't changed the law rick so um by the way i'm not for instance for, for no moment telling you please go run someone over no. on the multicolour crossing you know i i value all life um but whatever color you are whatever gender you are whatever uh, what whatever sexuality yeah uh, please please don't run people over just because uh, i've told you uh, there's no legal reason to do so but if someone was to go to court as far as we can tell and i've checked uh, that particular um uh, regulation the zebra pelican and puffer, Puffin Pedestrian Crossing Regulation and General Directions 1997. I went in, I checked, it's definitely real. He wasn't lying. And and it certainly doesn't cover any multicoloured uh crossings. So I don't really know how they're getting away with it, Rick. Uh and uh but then again, how are they getting away with a lot of things in two thousand and twenty three?
1: Well, it's that old saying as well, isn't it? It's easier to ask for forgiveness than it is to ask for permission. So maybe they just said, you know what, stuff this, whether it's legal or not, or whether it breaks regulations or not, we're just going to put it on there. We'll generate a lot of publicity for our shopping centre. And But I think this is going to backfire on them because the, the massive amount of feedback that was available on this article, which is run by a famous rag in Belfast, called the Belfast Telegraph, and the overwhelming feedback was negative. And it wasn't actually so much to do with, uh, virtue signaling—it was literally this could this could get people injured or killed, yeah. or this is going to discriminate against blind people or people with visual impairments. It wasn't even to do with the the flag itself or what it stood for. It was the fact that this could be actually cause of fatality. That's what people are up in arms about, and rightly so. The virtue signaling side of it uh, is just another layer to the cake. So it's it's a madness, Natalie, But again, and- they've just ploughed ahead and did it. You know, if if we're aware of these issues, if we're aware of these things. Don't don't tell me the people uh, that decided to paint these lines on weren't at least conscious of the fact that this could be problematic for the visually impaired uh people with guide dogs or potentially uh, it's breaking the law
2: yeah absolutely uh so um yeah i would say uh you know keep making people aware as well um you know, get 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 that information out there so other people know because these local con- councils are funding. They're fun. They're literally funding something that's illegal in it. You know, and and taking our money that could go elsewhere. Um, and uh, talking about uh, money spent which uh it could go elsewhere rather than being spent on multicolored crossings. I found two very sad stories over the weekend. Um, and this is about uh mental health care in the NHS. So whilst they are deciding. Um, in many councils to uh, paint lovely colours on a road crossing. Uh, We've got actual hospitals who are basically being neglectful and there are two teenagers that have died. Uh, So we've got two massive failures and this has gone to court and uh, both of them have gone to court. Uh, It's an Essex mental health hospital. Morgan Rose Hart was 18 uh, when she was found dead um, at a hospital, uh, Derwent's uh, Centre in Harlow, Essex. We've also got Jessie eastland Sirs who was 19, uh, and she died at Millview Hospital in Hove in May 2022. Uh, uh, the first one, a failure of basic protocol at an NHS mental health unit led to a patient dying by misadventure, contributed to by neglect, an inquest concluded. And uh, the, the other woman, uh, they said uh, there was a systematic failure in health and social care. So, you know, I wanted to put that against. Whilst they are painting multicoloured things on a road, teenagers are dying in mental health hospitals because there are systematic failures and not enough uh, training, staff, um, just money getting put to look after people who are mentally unwell, Rick.
1: And sadly, to link the two up, uh, even indirectly, uh, we we know and we've covered you know, for a year and a half or more here together here on uh, TNT Radio, uh, how, you know, if kids are confused when they're teenagers, because I don't know about you, Natalie, but I was a very confused uh, teenage boy. My head was all over the place. I didn't know whether it was coming or going. Uh, You know, you brought up the subject brilliantly in the past to say, you know, if you'd suffered from an eating disorder, maybe anorexia, nobody would say, okay, well, we're going to help you along that path. We're going to help you to stay thin in your eyes. Uh, That wouldn't even be considered. That would have been a criminal act. But now the kids are coming uh, to doctors or teachers, or maybe even parents, and say, Look, I, I, I think I'm confused. I think I might be a boy. I think I might be a girl. Instead of saying, Okay, let's sit down and talk about this, or maybe uh, you can talk to a specialist counselor or whatnot, and uh, we'll talk this through. Say, like, Okay, that's fine. Let's encourage this. And it's leading to a lot of confusion amongst young people, which is really contributing to a lot of mental health, health crises, especially among those who have actually transitioned, if you want to use that word, and they've maybe had surgery and they can't go back on it. They're now in a teal where but they're not just confused, but they've realized that they've mutilated their body uh, beyond repair. And of course, that leads to increased mental health. And again, that's feeding into a system that's not properly staffed, or it's not adequately staffed, should I say, and it's not adequately funded. So therefore, you're hearing about stories like uh, these two young girls that you sadly uh, unearthed over the weekend, that effectively, the system failed them, uh, along with many others that we don't know the names of, And it's just a vicious, vicious circle of declining mental health and declining services for our uh, youth in this day and age. It's it's not a good time to uh, be a teenager or a young adult uh, at this point in time.
2: And and interesting to note, we know there's a link between um, autism and the trans uh, uh, gender. A lot of autistic individuals um, uh, end up uh, moving towards uh, that that kind of route because of identity problems. Both of these uh, young ladies uh, were diagnosed with autism um, and ADHD. Uh, The coroner says there was a total inadequate level of the community uh, in the community treatment for people with autism and actually states that. Um, In the first case, uh, they're supposed to uh, only being allowed in the shower for a certain amount of minutes. And then an alarm goes basically because, you know, they're high chance of of taking their own lives. Um, The alarm went off. Uh, She wasn't checked for a further hour. Um, She was uh, supposed to be checked immediately. Uh, So uh, obviously she had the time um, and uh, they weren't following protocol. In the second uh, case, uh, uh she sadly took her own uh took her own life. Um, basically, uh, because it was horrific. There, there were times she was left in urine so sheets, um, incontinence bat, pads, left without any food. Horrific neglect in this case. So you know, uh, it, it, you know, when it, I, that's what makes me so angry. When you read these cases, these young ladies were only eighteen and nineteen, and yes, they had significant mental health problems, but their life could have been drastically improved. Mm-hmm. And if I, I think, if you asked you know n- you know 99.9 of the general public would you rather that money gone on to helping these two girls or would you like it to see painted mm-hmm. uh painted on the road uh to to help the lgbt community even people within that community would have rather it been spent in helping these girls Rick.
1: Without a doubt. And the other thing is, too, Natalie, you know, it doesn't matter if they throw billions at the NHS and it doesn't matter if they recruit hundreds more counselors, you you're never going to be able to help everybody that needs to be helped. But you could certainly help a damn sight more people if we weren't squandering public money on crazy things. And the other thing is, too, that even those cases that you highlighted, sadly, that one of that little girl that was, you know, stuck without any basic sanitation at all, yeah. If you're going to provide care or if somebody isn't care, they deserve to be treated like a human being and they deserve to be treated with dignity yeah. and treated with respect instead of left to die or left wallowing yes. in their own uh, excrement like animals. In fact, if that would have happened at a dog sanctuary, uh, the place would have been closed down for cruelty and neglect to animals let alone yes. it happening to other human beings. So where there are services and where people are being cared for, they need to be cared for. They need to be treated with respect and dignity, not discarded like uh, some uh, burden that is being suffered by the staff or lack of staff at whatever facility that they happen to be in.
2: So thankfully, these cases were brought and the and uh, the uh, services were made accountable. But we got to keep doing that. We've got to we've got to keep calling these cases out uh, because it is happening um, and it's still happening. And uh, we will keep bringing you these stories and the truth here at TNT Radio. Uh, it's time for me to go. Carry on listening to Rick at Locked and Loaded. I'm not going to be doing any Christmas shopping. I can assure you that I will be back at 9 a.m. tomorrow. I have been Natalie Chill, and this is. TNT Radio. Keep listening on.